have a pay driver for you but he seems to have disappeared off the uh off the stream Aaron! So... oh there he is he's back oh. <laughs> fuck my life what <laughs> the fuck is oh for fuck <laughs> sakes this is great for like your... what is wrong with you right <laughs> this guy has come on and i think his main objective is to piss me off currently if you're not on the live stream or you're not watching this on youtube the giant bellend. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Well, well, well hang on. Really enunciate the bell there, Carl. Really Princess the or something. <laughs> Princess, is that the word that Verstappen used against this guy? Has decided to not only wear a T-shirt with George Russell's sodding logo on it, the Williams hat, I, I actually quite like the Williams hat. It doesn't say anything about George Russell. So... Oh, bollocks, it does. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're facing to me, it's fine. He's also got a picture behind him of the the the, the child. Use your words, Carl. And then 63 number one fan, and then he's put on his screen, George Russell, 63 number one fan. That's what his name... Oh, I give up. Uh... <laughs> like, what was, yeah, what did Verstappen call him? A princess? After putting a hole in the side, he or called him a not nice word beginning with D. A dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a grit talk. We can swear, Aaron. It's fine. Come on, come on. We 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 want to we want to hear you swearing on this podcast, <laughs> Aaron. It's yeah. This is that show. Um. Uh. Yeah. And he's just wound me up so much. I don't know what to say. I like. I might as well just go home now. <laughs> so I can change it. No, no it's fine. Make him suffer. Make him suffer. <laughs> make him suffer. <laughs> I normally have to suffer with just listening to Tom, so yes. it makes a change. To... Well, we, we've got to listen to you uh, suffer by listening oh. to you talking about what you th can remember happening uh, <laughs> for the Grand Prix weekend. So, <laughs> should we jump straight into it? <laughs> Let's. Oh. By the way, this is Aaron uh, from AH. Oh, yeah, sorry. Aaron Harper. <laughs> Hello, Aaron. He's joining us today as this week's pay driver to go talk through the Baku Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, over to yeah. you, Carl. So, well, right. I mean, this was last week. I can't remember what happened yesterday or two days ago. Normally, I'm like, Sundays, I just have to leave it till Monday and I can carry on Tuesday. Qualifying was on Friday. It feels so long ago. I can't remember really what happened. Probably Oh, yeah. Nick Debris did Nick Debris things. That's all I really remember. Um, he smashed into a wall, I think. And I think that, you know, and and the clerk did quite well. And George Russell ended up in 10th or something. 11th? 11th on the qualifying. So that was quite good. That was that was like the highlight of the day. Um, and then and then we had. Right. So I'm all confused already. What the hell happened 
because we had four weeks off and then with a week to go, they suddenly changed, decided to have a new plan as to what we're doing, a new race form, not even just a new qualifying format. And they just gone, yeah, here's the, uh, here's the schedule. I'm just going to throw it up in the air. So much so Sky News didn't even know about it. No one seems to fucking know about it. Sky F1 themselves on their own website didn't know about it. It was just completely embarrassing because um, no one knew what time anything was on. At one point, it was on at two o'clock. Then it was, oh, anyway. So uh, do you know what? I quite like the Saturday. I don't I like qualifying. I'm never one for qualifying. Who really cares about qualifying unless you're in Monaco? Baku is a decent racer's race, if that makes sense. A decent street track. You're not following each other. Although, Let's not cut to that point just yet. No, not yet. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> we haven't got a spoiler alert there. But it was quite interesting to have another qualifying, which yeah, I think even um, Ted came up with it and maybe someone else um, was, isn't that the, what someone said about insanity that uh, you constantly do the same things and end up yeah. with the same results? It sort of did end up like that. Um and then, we, so what was interesting though, and I quite liked was qualifying and racing in a day. That was interesting. And I quite liked that system. And it definitely felt like Saturday became a thing because normally Saturdays are qualifying and then they're only for an hour and they're not really much, you know, you, you're sort of, okay, grand, you know, compared to the race, which is the build up and everything. Um, so it felt like a whole day of racing. Um, and they chose Baku of all places to do, to try this. I have no idea why. Um, again, I think Nick DeVries hit a wall because that's what he does. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure someone else will tell me. But And I think Snowder hit a wall as well. Again, because that's quite normal. Um, and then during the race... Oh, no. Large and Sojourn. So, like, large and Sojourn. Large and Sojourn. <laughs> large, large, large and Sojourn. Large and Sojourn. <laughs> Large and Sojourns uh, decided to hit a wall uh, quite spectacularly, um, so much so that he didn't actually enter the race. But I can't the remember sprint, when yeah. that was. Was that he, June qualified? Yeah, he, he crashed in. Like, he crashed in uh, in sprint shootout and couldn't take part in sprint. Um, so that was um, interesting, and then we ended up uh, with the uh, sprint race. Jesus, this like this is meant to be quite short, but it seemed to because the weekend went on forever. This is going on forever. I'm sorry. So the we the, the Saturday race was all interesting at the beginning. Someone else hit will probably Sonoda, uh, probably DeVries. I'm not sure which. Um, they're quite interchangeable. Those two, I've noticed. Like they might be racing for different teams, but they are so interchangeable. And <laughs> that wasn't my wedding. That wasn't my wedding ring dropping onto the desk. <laughs> it's it's never come off. It's off. never come off. Um, um, oh yeah, awkward. Uh, so that's all gravy. Um, and then the race. Yeah, it was all quite fun at the beginning, and then it just because it's a hundred kilometers. The sprint race is always going to be like this, I think, mm. because. You're going to have the fun at the beginning and then it's going to go into race pace because they're basically testing out for the GP. You're never going to get an interesting second half of a sprint race. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have been wrong. But I don't think there's overly going to be that exciting ever on a sprint race. I mean, you might as well shorten it down to 50K. It'd be more interesting um, and stick everyone on softs. Oh, yeah, this was the thing. They had that whole tire thing that really pissed yeah. me off as well, which that meant 
that because of the way the tires were, it meant that he couldn't because Lando had used all his tires. I just lost the will to live with trying to understand it. And I just didn't quite understand that. That was just bullshit. Just give them a fresh set of tires. Here's an extra set of tires you have to use for this, right? They have to use for this qualifying. Here's two, here's a, two sets of mediums and here's a soft. Now go off. And I couldn't understand as to why they had to pick and choose. Although, sorry, 18 others managed to do it except to. Hmm. Well, should we well. should we actually kind of dive onto that at the moment because we seem to have covered off a lot of what we thought about the uh, the sprint format already. So should we okay. kind of like so go on. go, go take, on to that? Yeah, now. let's do a sprint section. Yeah, I so it's uh, taken so long. The Miami Grand Prix is about to start. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I haven't even got to the race. <laughs> if, this was was going if this was a sprint weekend, we would have already had qualifying. <laughs> oh Jesus. So yeah, I mean, you've made some really good points there about firstly about the the qualifying and it happening so much earlier. Uh, did everyone hear that? I made good points before the. Uh, I, I didn't it was right. It was just good, but uh, it was okay. be, being so much <laughs> earlier to to the race. It kind of there's a bit of a natural disconnect there between the qualifying and the race, which uh, is kind of you know take some people will like that some people won't i've got no major issue with that part of it the 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 tire allocation part of it i I think maybe there's something to say about on these weekends you just say it's free allocation because you you lose two tires at the end of practice one you lose two tires at the end of practice two um and all that kind of it just throws you lose two tires yeah two sets of tires so um, <laughs> like two tires, what yeah. they're doing wheelies all the way yeah, exactly. back. Yeah, so uh, I, I think maybe there's, there's something to be said about maybe uh, de-restricting the tire use um, with uh, that's that's a massive phone according to my <laughs> perspective on your screen there, Carl. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it's. I think there's something you said about maybe changing the format in that sense because the way it worked out is you have to use a new set of tyres, of soft tyres in uh, in Q3, and you couldn't do it because Lando had used all his new tyres. Why well, couldn't he have just gone out on old tyres? You know, uh, give if you give the teams the freedom to use the tyres how they want, then they may well try and do <laughs> something different. Wasn't there some rumour that if they did do that? They could get into. They could use wet tires or something. Yeah, if there, there was, was a, if there was two people going around on on wets and just telling yeah. Jewel, it would feel if Sonoda and Norris had yeah. got into uh, the top ten like they had in Friday qualifying, they could have just gone around on inters or four wets mm-hmm. and just had a little competition within themselves, yeah. which would have been absolutely hilarious and totally Formula One because they concocted this. Uh, plan. They've had four weeks to sort this out, and they decide to do it. Sorry, hang on. They've the had a lot longer than four weeks. They've just oh, decided yeah. in the last four weeks they, to throw it all up in the air and get a shotgun and shoot. They could. They could have put it to the teams and got it sort of passed by beforehand. But everyone, I think, was on their their holidays. Um, they yeah, didn't want can, to bother them. You can reduce the tires, the tire allocation, and then make it free usage. Because at the moment we've got tires that they use for half an hour and then put them in the bin. So yeah. why not just you know? But this is the whole thing. They're trying to be green, and that yeah, they're not yeah, using but, the tires. But they're doing they're doing That's... more competitive sessions, which is actually less track time when you think about it. They're getting like half an hour's track time instead of two hours. Yeah. When you think about yeah. the, the sprint shootout, and instead of uh, instead of a practice session, so 
I just think that maybe there's something to be done there. There's definitely some tweaks that need to be made. I'm, I'm all for reducing the on-track time and making it more competitive, but then just free up the allocation of tyres because there's there's no need to, to limit those those tyres, I don't think. I don't know what your thoughts are, and I'll let you get a word in. <laughs> I, I thought it worked, actually. I thought the the forcing teams to use specific tyres, we're going to get this in Imola in a couple of weeks, they're going to be forced to use hard tyres in Q1, mediums in Q2, and soft in Q3. It's I thought sort that of really... like a soft test, wasn't it, for that idea? Yeah, kind of. It was like a, like a dummy run. But I think it really, really worked because on mediums, and obviously the shortened time as well, it kept all the cars on track because you could do multiple laps with it. And then in SQ3, they only did one proper lap because by that point the, the soft tyres were cooked. And they weren't going to give you the performance, but it kept cars on track. And like when you have a normal qualifying session, they go out on a soft set of tires, they do their lap, they go back in, and then there's this lull that's sort of halfway through. And you didn't get that in the Saturday session because there wasn't an opportunity for it. Everyone had to be on track all the time. And you know, if, if you made a mistake or you didn't get the lap in in time, like with Sonoda, he was on a good lap, he was like a hundred meters from the line, and he would have got through, but because uh, low. What's his name? Logan Sergeant. Sergeant Logan. Sergeant Sergeant, yeah. Because he crashed, uh, the red flags come out and Snowder was stuffed. So, you know, he was punished even though he had the pace. So it works. It's, it's kind of ironic that it punishes a guy who's regularly down at the back. But <laughs> <laughs> so but like it works. But it, I like the idea of the tire thing. I think it. I, I don't understand why they just don't give them the set and they have to do hard, mean stuff. But also, because they were on the softs, this became the problem with the last sector. And mm. this is the same problem that we're going to have in Imola. And I think that's why they possibly did this test run at Baku. Because if they're on softs, they've only got one rung at it. Do you know what I mean? That's what they were saying. Mm. So yeah. everyone Depends just on the circuit, though. Waited, either went out mad at the beginning or just waited there's two choices you can't go out there or and do two sort of longer runs rather than well three runs before runs, sorry four laps you know uh, a warm-up uh race lap a cool down lap and a, a race lap you know and a cool down lap so five laps um but that's the only way they can really do it like it, it, that's one set of tires and by the time they get back in they're not gonna have redo it it just means that everyone's out on the track all at once during qualifying which is that fair or is that part of the fun i think that's part of the fun they all get the same track conditions and you know if if uh the first guy throws it in the wall then they're all buggered aren't they so <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem what happens if if whoever's out first let's be honest it's probably the hasses because they're nearest down there then they're normally all the williamses um like if they're out first and they bin it or Sorry, I'm talking absolute bullshit. If debris, if, if debris bins it into a wall um, and he's out first, how do you even do qualifying then? Like, how does that even work in the shortened sessions? Well, they'd just be more pressed for time, wouldn't they, to, to, to do their laps and it would crank the pressure up even more, which I suppose is good because, mm. you know, a lot of people advocate for one-shot quality. Uh, I don't... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it splits opinion, and mm. I, I like the, the fact that it's a challenge, but then I also like the opportunity that 
you get to see more cars on track with this, the way we have it now. But I think you need to do them differently. Like the qualifying for the Grand Prix needs to be the way it is now. And then sprint qualifying needs to be done differently. The one shot qualifying is interesting because if you were to look at the times of one on the first lap that they ever do, that it sometimes it throws up some random things. You know, the Williams album being number one at one. You know, depending. I don't on... agree with it on a competition level because <clears throat> because the the circuit is constantly evolving and the conditions are constantly changing, and you need to give everyone the same opportunity to put in their best lap. And if you're saying one shot qualifying, they go out one at a time. Um, take it in turns. The, the track is constantly evolving. One person might put some gravel on the track, which means the next person through has got to drive through that gravel, and then the next person that comes, that gravel's but clear. That, I still think the one shot, the one shot, you still have the same time. You just only allowed to do one racing lap, and it's up to them so as just, to how they pace themselves in space. Just let them all at it, but you only allow, you only take one lap. Oh, so the they, they, get, they, they get one lap in within the session. And yeah. that's it. And once they've all done one lap, that's yeah. it. Session over. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it'd be fun. Because and and sorry, you could still there is a reason people that. that way. Yeah. Huh? You could still eliminate people. You in still the same eliminate. Way you, do. you still eliminate it. It would. It would give everyone a fair chance, and it could be that they all sit there for fifteen minutes. And I might be very right. Well, that's that's. You know, we want to avoid that. We want to get people on places, track. Yeah, yeah, but but, but 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 when you think about places like Spa or Monaco last year, you know. Ma- um, Magnussen did really well from that because of the rain coming in and he went out early and then everyone else waited and that's what screwed them up you know um, and that's the interesting thing is, is that you can have a mixture and I think mixing up the field because we always say it's, and it's it's hilarious we we line them we 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 we, we we qualify them from fastest to slowest and wonder mm-hmm. why the fastest car is 10 miles ahead and the last car is being lapped three times. I get that, but it's, it's also a, it, it needs to be a, it needs to be a pure sporting competition as well. And you, you've got to put them somewhere. And I don't agree with reverse grids because that's just like, that's just trying. Oh, no, I don't cause. agree with reverse grids, but I, I think getting there by merit on the first lap, not because your track has evolved and you've hit the right timings and things. Is interesting, but if but if you if everyone's got an equal opportunity to do that, then they can they they have the chance to do that, don't they? It's, if you're I don't I don't like one shot coughing and taking it in turns because of that that's not fair and it's not equal. Um, I'm more on board with your other idea. I still don't like it because it doesn't promote cars on track. <laughs> but that, I'm more the, on board with that. That's the big issue, isn't it? It's getting cars on track the whole time, but then making yeah. it meritorious. Yeah, and what if like somebody makes a mistake in front of you? You then have, uh, and it ruins your lap. You then got Fuck no it. opportunity. Do it the other way. Do it. Do it the other way. Do it the other way. Every car has to go out on track within within two minutes of 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 the first round. Every car has to be on track for eight minutes or whatever. Well, they used to do that in the the fuel burning phase, didn't they? Which was just it just it just had it just had people just driving around burning fuel for ten minutes. Then they came in, put on soft tires, and put on a quick lap. So it was effectively one shot qualifying with a load of pointless running. So <laughs> it was that was the worst qualifying. Format. Well, with no, with I actually no, put with that no tire changes. Yeah, there, I, there we I, go. I put that as the worst. I put that as worse than the elimination qualifying that they trialed in twenty sixteen. I mean, what it is yeah, what is interesting well. about. What is interesting about all of this is obviously F1 are trying to work out what to do. Mm. Um, there's not many other sports that are evolving or evolve 
as quick as Formula One. It is now. They're at least they're willing to try things. It never used to be like that. But I don't know if that's a good thing. But I don't know if that's a good thing. Like football, and and I'm going this. It's been 90 minutes forever. It's been the same size pitches forever. You know, obviously pitches slightly different. I understand that. You know, it's still got two goals. It's still got 11 players. We're not turning around and going, oh, actually, we're going to have a penalty shootout in the middle. No, but we are saying, okay, we're having VAR. We're having assistant referees. We're having a fourth official. We're having, Mm -hmm. you know, um, extra extra substitutions. And all the sports do it. (laughs) Everything about sport is eyes on the prize. They're all about getting people watching the sport because that helps grow the sport. And Formula One is an incredibly fast-growing sport at the moment. And they've got owners that are willing to try things to try and help that along mm-hmm. and it, some of it's good some of it's bad they at least they're willing to try things but i just don't want them to ruin the sporting element of it as so long as the stuff they come in isn't gimmicky and it's i mean the, the other day some, something everything is gonna be gimmicky in a way they could even say like back when we, we used to drive with with you know front engine cars and and these little spindly wheels and stuff and saying they could say slick tires well that's gimmicky they could well say that because they used to drive all weather tires and saying, oh, well, what if it rains? You know, that's gimmicky. That's that's a lottery. So they could well, yeah. there's an argument to be said for all of those changes, but it's just finding that fine line. And I don't, whatever happens, the, I, I don't yeah. mind this format, but I don't want it every week. It was, Do you think they'll go I, with reverse grids? No. I hope not. I hope not. I don't think they I will. Think there they seems will. to be a huge stigma around it now. Um, no. The thing is, it, it works in Formula Two and Formula Three. They they switch the top ten or twelve around, well, and it works. Well, all I say to that is now they've they've kind of come around to it in F two and F three of reducing the number of points available for those reverse grids, and they don't reverse the entire grid. When F one were on about, it, they're on about putting uh, Hamilton and Verstappen nineteenth and twentieth, and I absolutely dead against that. I, no, I wouldn't be that. I would, reverse the top ten. What, what so, I wouldn't be against would be a um, if you had normal qualifying on the on the Friday, and then for the sprint what? you didn't have a qualifying session, but you reversed the top ten for the sprint, and then awarded points that way. But what's stopping what's stopping you almost going slower to end up in tenth, so you end up in first in pole? You, you'd well, start this is the, the race from tenth. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You you win pole and you end up in tenth. How's so that? Yeah, for, for the sprint, for the sprint. Yeah, but, but how's the race. that? How's that fair? Oh, but yeah, because you you're, 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 you're not getting as many points. Princess money, brother. It's only it's only ten points. You only got ten points on offer for the whole yeah, of the, the, the sprint. The problem is, but and the Grand Prix is where is, the, is where the points are won. This this year is so tight with points, so so tight with points, and we'll come on to our arguments later about um about Ocon. But it's so tight for points and positions. I mean positions are really meaning points now mm. that yes, only 10 points in a sprint is gonna make every every bit of difference now. And well, that's the worry. Huh? Eight points. It eight is eight, points. but I'm saying my 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 proposal no. there was ten. No, no, at yeah, the end ten. of the day, I don't want any reverse grids in Formula 1 tour. but if they were going to say reverse grids are coming that would be the format that I would champion if you're okay. going to have one that would be it's the least impact on the race it's the least gimmicky because at least it means you're only affecting the sprints 
it might make the sprints a bit more exciting because you've then got the cars, the fastest car in the, in the middle of the pack coming through, and you've got the sl and you've got midfield cars. You might end up with a situation where like Nick De Vries sneaks into tenth place with a good lap and ends up starting on pole on a sprint, and then he's just gradually falling back through the race. That might be. Who's Nick De Vries? <laughs> But that isn't, might... that, isn't that a good opportunity? I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the Grid Talk pod uh, with you at the weekend. There's so few points now available. Oh, have you been having dates together? Jesus. We have, yeah. <laughs> um, there's so few points now on offer to the, the lower midfield team. So you've, like, you've got the top four teams. They all finished on Sunday. So everywhere down to eighth place, which only offers four points, was gone. And then you've got 12 cars fighting literally over just three points and two positions that are going to pay points. So Albon drove a great race, but mm. got nothing for it because no one ahead of him was close enough to to battle and any potential incidents. Yeah, you know, and that's George what you're going to get. Wasn't anywhere near Max Verstappen. That's what you're going to get with the sprints as well. The top four teams are going to monopolise those points, but especially yeah. now Aston Martin has made have made that jump. You aren't going to get a lot of points there. But yeah. who was the highest placed driver who uh, who wasn't part of those teams? He's I haven't used that one in a while. <laughs> yeah. He's back. Anyway, should we talk about the race? Yeah, should we talk about the race? Go anyway, on, we... I quite like, I just want to clarify, I quite like the Saturday. I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, I like, don't mind it. It's, I it's quite fine. like the qualifying and the race. It made a Saturday. I quite like racing on Friday. And actually, you know, it was quite nice. It's quite nice to have a long racing weekend. And I quite enjoyed that. Like sometimes you feel, especially in Australia, you feel like you've lost half. You like you haven't even had a race because you've had it in the morning, you know, and then suddenly you have your I day. Love the early not this races. year; it lasted three to like two and a half hours. No, yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. I love the early morning races. Um, I would quite happily have every race at five a.m. Genuinely, weird. I would. That's because you get up at that time every day. I know, but it yeah. means I can. It means that I can still do things on on the weekend, That's and I will true. always get up. I will always get up at the races. Two o'clock um, in the morning. See, I, I quite whatever. like. You should move to Australia then. They seem to have that problem. Yeah. Right. Seven o'clock start would, would suit like wives and stuff, partners of people who watch it. Yeah. No, and no, no. And husbands, let's not be family. sexist. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, my wife watches it with me, so she's up with me. So, so does mine. Nice. Right. She's a bloody yeah. Max Verstappen fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Should we do that? Should we do a bit of the actual race. Jesus. Go on then. I haven't even got to the race for you yet. Right. Uh, clean start. It was quite a clean, boring start. I mean, what Baku says, their, their phrase was expect the unexpected. Well, the unexpected was a really boring race. Mm. So we expected a really boring race and we got there. Let's be honest. So very clean start, very boring. Uh, there was a bit of a ruckus with Piastri and Albon, which didn't seem to make much of anything. Um Red Bull, um, so fast with DRS. They seem to, I don't know what magic powder they've got in their DRS or what they haven't got. Um, we made our bets. And of course, Marie did his usual um, self into the wall and like typical debris. Uh, Russell being a dick on, in, the, in the pits. No idea what that's about. Oh yeah, was that when he was trying to race in? He did a race in with, um, he raced some, strolling or someone um uh safety oh yeah the safety car took so long and this was the whole thing like max pitted before as soon as the crash happened and there was a safety car but i don't know what that like the safety 
they've always gone the opposite way now. They've gone, oh, we're going to throw a yellow flag. Oh, we're not quite sure, are we? And, and oh, we're going to throw up double yellow. Oh, no, no, is it red? No, it's safety. Red. Give it give it another lap and we'll see what happens. Um, that seems to be the latest thing. Anyway, um, because Verstappen came in with the as soon as it crashed, were they jumping ahead or was it just that if he went around again, I could that we'll answer that question later, I'm sure. But that meant that Perez did pit behind the safety car, which meant that his pit was shit shorter. But there was a bit of pit mayhem. Pit the pit mayhem seems to be the word of the day here. Um Alonso um on signs after the restart, that was amazing. Alonso, Alonso and and Alonso must be loving strolled or something i don't know what is going on there this is not There's competitive a to loving yeah but they're, they're very very friendly and do you know what alonso and, and if anyone mentions taylor swift they're getting booted out of there um agreed do not mention taylor swift um i don't really care if, my wife probably cares more than i do but I no one thinks it's quite real is it real anyway um Alonso, uh, Merck battling Hamilton up against Russell. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them, too. They, they, are they getting on? They don't seem to be getting on at the moment. Um, but maybe I'm just hoping for things. Um, the amount of... Oh, yeah. Can someone go around with a road sweeper or do a litter pick around that place? Because it's completely... Like, you can't go green in Baku. That's for starters. Um, Stroll hits the wall but looks fine. Stroll made an error. Yep. Um, oh, and then fucking Castle Cam came out. What is their <laughs> obsession with Castle Cam? Hate Castle Cam. <laughs> it's the only place on the calendar you can do that. It's the only place with the castle, so why not? Uh, why not? Because it looks shit, and no one. Like, it doesn't look great. But it doesn't look terrible. great. Although, it's in a castle. although we all quite liked the MSC uh, camera angle uh, <laughs> where they were down during the safety car. Uh, that was quite nice. You just need um, someone screeching across it with like locked up brakes and stuff to ruin it. Yeah, and then <laughs> I mean, as soon as Carson came out, Carson came, Cam came out, you knew it was getting a bit boring because nothing happened. Lap thirty-seven, we need a safety car. Mm, boring, so bored. I started questioning why the pit boards are not electronic. Can someone answer me that? Why are the pit boards not electronic? I had no be. idea. Yeah, I don't understand why they use the clippy boards. Don't understand. Like, it's so much easier to send the data to... Anyway. Um, oh, Jesus, Lance Stroll past Hulkenberg. Jesus, the excitement. And then nothing happens. And then and then it all happens at the end with the Park Ferme. Like, so Ocon being super Ocon, proving that tyres can last for fucking forever if you actually care for them. Um, not that I'm a fan of Ocon. Came into the pits. Okay, he came into the pits and the Egypts of AFIA had put out the Park Fermé bar barriers and then allowed the press to come and stand around the Park Fermé barriers. Um, sorry, I'm being distracted by Aaron. Um, that's amazing. You can actually do that. Uh, and uh, so, I mean... I've got a, an opinion on that. I think we'll dive into that. And I think we'll dive into Verstappen and the Perez and the bullshit that comes out Christian Horner's mouth. Uh, you, yeah, well, Perez was lucky. Bullshit. Oh, Jesus Christ. And now Tom's brought up Taylor Swift. 
You're the one that wants to do want to talk about them. Just saying. Um, anyway, um, I've got my drive in the dick of the day. So that's basically it. So go on. This is Turn just turning to the annoying distract Carl podcast. I promise yeah. I was listening to you for all that. No. <laughs> well, to be honest, you got as bored as I did during the race. Yeah. So I definitely wasn't changing the uh, the graphics to at Taylor Swift as well on the call. <laughs> You've missed out the why. Oh, I have, haven't I? Taylor <laughs> <Tyler> Swift. <laughs> oh well, there's my how you deal with this. I I've got to learn how to deal with this stuff. It's all it's uh, it's just uh, software. It's all yeah. software. Because then I can show you all my all my mess there. Look. <laughs> mm. Messy. There we go. Did, 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 you, did you see my uh, my fancy changeover earlier? I can't remember if you saw it. Earlier. No, it, well, it didn't come on. It didn't oh, come on. Let me show you. Does a fancy changeover? Little transition. Look. Nice little bit of advertising and there for Aaron. There Harper you go. It's, it's it's all gone now, Carl. There we go. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, how do I pick that? So flag application. I think I like what they do in that they don't just like one thing I hate with IndyCar, for example, is like as soon as someone loses a front wing, it's a full course caution. And like I like what what Formula One are doing in that they they're kind of they if there's a car stopped in sector one and all the other cars are in sector two, then allow the racing until it gets to that point in case the marshals get it clear in time and then pull the flag out so i'm fine with that because it was where it was in the race there was plenty of time it no cars were to... anywhere near it but one thing i don't like is, is it just when... seems to have taken a long time compared to other races and maybe well, they're because, learning well because it was fairly fairly early in the race the, the cars were still not that spread out and they weren't sure whether De Vries was going to be able to get out. I mean, it was obvious if you saw his broken suspension that he wasn't going to get out. But Red Bull didn't see that. They just saw him stopped and thought, oh, he'll just reverse out of there and carry on. So it's not going to be a safety car. So they just carried on boxing. Yeah. But equally, they had such a fast car, it didn't matter. And also the fact that, that Perez's pace was so good. He was about to get into a fight with Max Verstappen. And if Perez ended up being a fortuitous victor because of a safety car, then that's not really a bad thing because it uh, it basically takes that fight away and they don't have to, you know, Max Verstappen can say, well, I lost that race because of a safety car, when in reality, Perez was the quicker driver for once. So um, it didn't really, it was a zero risk strategy for Red Bull because they were always going to get a one-two out of it anyway. Uh, and they definitely weren't going to get screwed by a safety car because Perez was going to get there anyway. So that's my thoughts on it anyway. Is Carl still with us? Uh, probably not, but I you don't. just... Oh, yep, yeah, your screen's frozen. But carry on, Aaron. What's your thoughts on the flag uh, I, I think the safety car robbed us of a really mm -hmm. interesting battle between Perez and Verstappen. Yep. It would have been thoroughly fascinating to see how Verstappen defended against Perez if, if Checo launched an attack, because we've seen how he defends against other drivers. I mean, it was rich for him to come out and be saying that he doesn't like it when other people don't take responsibility. So uh, Sao Paulo 2021, like just evidence mm. for, for the contrary. So for him to be coming out and saying things like that, it would have been very interesting to see how he dealt with a attack from his teammate. Cause he just hasn't had that since Daniel Ricardo. And ironically that would have been at Baku where it all went a bit pear shaped for Red Bull. So I think we lost a really interesting battle there. But what was also very interesting was how Verstappen wasn't able to stay out of DRS range to Perez and how Perez was able to gap Verstappen and essentially win 
comfortably in the end. He didn't really have to to look in his mirrors and think, okay, he's coming to get me. He just got on with his race and pulled away, which was, you know, it was the drive of an accomplished race winner now, and that's what Perez has become. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Perez was in Verstappen's DRS and pushing, just managing his tyres better uh, and looking like he was going to pounce. And uh, Verstappen never once got into Perez's DRS. And even if he did, I'm not sure he would have been able to stay there because Perez just seemed to have much better better tyre warm-up and better better tyre degradation than Verstappen as well. So I think without the safety car, we do have a, a Red Bull fight. So stopping Verstappen and then there being a safety car probably was a good thing for Red Bull. Yeah, it might have saved them from themselves. Yeah, and unfortunately it did. I feel it like did. I missed a whole decent conversation while I was away. <laughs> I well, was it, it that... suddenly got professional and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, need to get, I need to get a Hamilton song. What did I miss? <laughs> I said that, uh, miss. Uh, it'd have been interesting to see how Perez dealt with uh, well, so Verstappen. It would have been interesting to see how Verstappen dealt with Perez if Perez was trying to overtake him. Yes, that's Perez what we were Oh, Perez would have un- overtaken him. Absolutely. I no way. I think he was on fire when Verstappen wasn't. Like, my Gasly whole was thing. was on fire. <laughs> that was <laughs> in the spring. My whole thing. It was my whole that was in the qualifying, wasn't it? Um, my practice, oh, practice. Jesus, that's too long ago. My whole thing was though, is Verstappen was not taken away from that Perez, was not taken away from that win because if he was any good, he would have caught up with Perez and he couldn't catch up with Perez at any point. Yeah, that's what I was saying, and that he was never yeah. once in Perez's DRS, whereas Perez was never, in Verstappen's DRS, never. So this whole bullshit that Christian Horner and everyone's like, oh, he's being all diplomatic. No, he's just being a favoritist little. He's just got a favourite son. Let's let's be honest. Verstappen was just beaten hands down at the weekend. But he should have just gone. He should have gone. Oh, well, you got second. Perez is first. Well done, team. That's what it should have been. To be fair to Verstappen as well, Verstappen took it very well. Yeah, at the end, he, he was he shook his hand and and said congratulations. There was nothing; he had nothing. He knew that Perez was the better driver on the day. Yeah. Which after the day before, he had to take it magnanimously, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I have to say as well, like I hate the way that Red Bull just enable Verstappen's behaviour in the way like Horner said in the after that argument with George Russell. It's a good job Russell was kept his crash helmet on, like. That for me is just an inciting comment, and the way that mm. his radio, Jean-Pierre Lambiassi, comes over and and he he feeds into Max's conspiracy theories and and it like oh, the take the takeover the comment yeah. oh you managed to get past him yeah. without crashing into like, but they do it they've been off. doing it for years and all it does so is petty. enable it enables his petty behaviour it's like petty is the perfect word for it it just it just enables that behaviour and it's really unprofessional and all it does is is put Max Verstappen in this negative mindset. Which is why he ends up getting so so irate in these situations, and it's you, you hear Bono on stuff, and if something happens to Hamilton, like if you look at, I mean, I don't want to go back to it, but a perfect example because I listened to the radio for it was Abu Dhabi twenty one, when the safety car comes out, Lewis Lewis says, "Oh, that screwed me," and Bono's like, "Yeah, you know, that, 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 okay, let's just keep going." You know, it doesn't doesn't incite yeah. anything. It's you've just got like, this. You've got this. He says he says you've yeah. got it. Come on, you know. Yeah. 
There's not, there's not this, look, we've been wronged, go prove them right, or anything like, go on, let's do it on track, you know, all that kind of stuff. He, he, he just keeps it professional, and that's the difference between the two teams there. And and other teams as well, I'm not just singling out Mercedes in that. What I'm, this is supposed to be a point about the negative yeah. approach that Red Bull take. And well, I think Red Bull, we are the, the victim problem, attitude, which really annoys me. The problem with Red Bull is that, like, although it's run by an 80-year-old dodgy old geezer now. He doesn't run it, he's um, just an advisor. Yeah, well, anyway, um, I was talking about. Um, uh, Holder's not looking <laughs> good for 80, is he? <laughs> looking very good for 80. Um, Ooh, uh, I mean, Jerry's not looking that good for 80 anymore. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, that was slow. That's really slow. Um, That's twice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that <was> twice. <laughs> Slap that on your face. Uh, <laughs> Christian Horner does. <laughs> anyway. Slaps it on her anyway, face. No, they're not going there. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, this podcast just got x-rayed. You know what I did like about Baku? The lack of famous people floating yep. around and being yep. really annoying. I quite. I was saying this to Laura. I said, I'd quite like to go to Baku. Of all the races, mm. I'd like to go to Baku. Apart, oh, from, the little, apart from the little kids. Did you see the, the interview with Perez after? Oh my god! No, oh, he was... got mobs, didn't he? There was like he no got security. And this girl just kept whacking him on the shoulder. It was just like I would have fucking lobbed her one. I would do not have that patience for that. Oh my god! The monkey see uh, podcast do not endorse child batteries. And there was this weird FIA or violence woman. of any kind. There was this weird FIA oh, woman who was just dude walking. Obviously, wanting an off outer, and all she was doing was just shaking this pen constantly, like next to him doing this. Like, I was just like, that doesn't just look stop. weird at all. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, it was just really weird. And it was just like, anyway, yeah. Um, where was I? I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, Red Bull being children. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, they're just a bunch of teenagers. That's the problem with Red Bull. They, they have designed themselves on being a bunch of teenagers. The whole Red Bull brand. Well, they've been in the sport 18 years, so that sounds about right, doesn't it? (laughs) But the whole Red Bull brand, including all of their things, is all about youth and excitement and energy. And I think that just feeds through into the the system. And and they're basically a bunch of Elon Musks and, you know, geniuses that just are just off the planet. Would you say that they are the perfect underdog team, the perfect team to chase a big team like a Ferrari or a Mercedes, but they're, they're terrible. They're like, their brand image is terrible for being the big team itself. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. That teenager trying to cut through and yeah. Aren't we know, the victim? You know, that's, that's yeah, they, they all play the victim all the time. Always you know, something to prove sort you, of team. Yeah. Yeah. If you had, if you had Russell and Albert in that seat, you could understand sort of that whippersnapper, Albin and Ricardo. Do you know? I could understand that sort of underdog whippersnapper. I need to get up, you know. But when they've got Verstappen and Perez, they're not almost filling that role of being that young mm. whippersnapper because Verstappen is aged in the sense of maturity, not maturity, but in the sense of being a world champion. He doesn't have that underdog thing. So he has to have this weird teenage persona that doesn't quite match his world-class title, you know, mm. and 
you know, Formula One has always been known for having slightly out there, crazy winners. You know, Hunt, um, you know, Senna, you know, in Senna in his day, even the Doctor, you know, they've all had, there's all quirks about them. Um, the Professor, even not Doctor. Doctors from yeah, the doctors, um, yeah. the doctors Rossi. motor GP, no. <laughs> <laughs> doctors motor GP, and you something I said something more with it. Um, but they, you know, they've all got quirks, but I, you know, Nick and Rosberg has a quirk, but you know, I don't think they're the right. Like, if Mercedes or Ferrari won or were winning, you sort of just go, Oh, yeah, that's fine, because they're the adults, that Red Bull yeah. are a bunch of children. And it's run like a bunch of children. Even if you look at their pits team, it just feels like a really childish way. If you watch all the drive to survive, just the drive, the, the the mechanics all seem really. Again, it's the Christian crazy. Horner has got this character of just playing the victim all the time, and, yeah. and that's and that's trying to. But, why are you going for the sympathy card? You got the best car on the grid. Why are you trying to play sorry, the, sympathy, the card? sympathy card? Is that his teammate won? I don't get that. <laughs> yes, good point. Good point. Sorry, what? But oh, your your big your little brother did better than you. Oh no! Like, but anyway, is we'll just tell me a little bit. But staying with Red Bull a little bit there is is Checo a title contender? Do we think? I'm still not entirely convinced he is. But I mean, it's hard to say. But I mean, if, I... He, if he can hang in there long enough, of course he is. But he's he's got to he's got to hang in there. If he can keep, if he can finish second and beat Verstappen on the odd occasion. There'll be the, a there'll be a point where Verstappen fails to finish. The advantage that he's got here is we have lost France and we have gained Las Vegas. That is another street track that he can win on. The problem is we've lost China. Um, it's not a street track, track though. There's not a street track. No. So Verstappen. It's a banging track. Seen, to be fair. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a good track. Um, but Verstappen probably would have won to China. You know, the street tracks are where Perez is. The more street tracks we've got, the better he seems to be. Um, so we are, he is gaining here. Miami next week, I would not be surprised if Perez does well and wins. Um, I would not be surprised if Verstappen doesn't do well. Um, I'd love to see how they manage Verstappen, just sort of touching on the, the childishness of that team. Especially uh, they, they if, if you lost it. the championship lead, if you yeah, lost the lead they, to Perez. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. They also, I know this is never going to happen. But but it, no, the it has Sports to be without would, a crash. If there's a crash, yeah. if Verstappen crashes, there will be like, oh, poor Verstappen. It has to be on the track, and I don't know how they'll deal with that. They yeah. will boy, they will screw Perez over, and it will be interesting to see where City season starts with that. I think the happens. Ferrari Nurburgring 99 just, oh, we've forgotten one of the tyres. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you watch, like... you watch, there'll be a problem in the pits with Perez, or something will happen. I think Perez the calendar is, is very front-loaded towards Perez's strengths, though. So I think it's like if they're playing a game of top trumps, and he's played his best five cards already. So yeah. I, I think like he's he's played his his best his best four cards and or five cards if you count the sprint, and he's got no good cards left now or very few. And Verstappen's got a whole deck. So I. So I, what's he got? Singapore, Yas Marina, Monaco. not Yas Marina, Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, you say that. Yeah, how well did he do two years ago in the pink Mercedes? That's what well, sold him. That's uh, no, what that, sold that him. was that was Bahrain. That was, but that was on the Sakir circuit, wasn't it? That was the. No, uh, it was no, it wasn't. He it was won. Yas Marina. He won in Sakir, didn't he? And did really yeah. well in Yas Marina as well. I don't know. Sure and then, and yeah. he was fourth. He was fourth, and he shouldn't have been. And then he broke down. 
So we didn't actually get that win. We're talking in 2020 that. here then? Yes. I'm going to have be. a look. I don't recall the 2020 uh, race. Oh, yeah. He COVID. Was, oh, he was in 20. Yeah, in 20, he was winning. Yeah. Um, and then broke down or something. Had an issue. Can't remember anyway. about that. But... Anyway, what I'm saying is that 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 circuit's possibly one of his better ones. Um, other better ones are Singapore, Miami, Monaco, Monaco, and Las Vegas. I'm guessing Las we Vegas. We don't we don't know. I'm Las guessing Vegas. it's Las impossible. Vegas. It's impossible to know. But yeah, it's 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 a bit early to say. But yeah, so I, he's got I, another not... what six races? So yeah, in theory, Max is ahead. Yeah, there's still there's still eighteen races to go, isn't there? Yeah. So, yeah. Or nineteen. Um, and five so, sprints. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I think Perez has a chance, but you are right, it's all front loaded. But it'll be mm. interesting as Aaron said, it'd be really interesting to see the management of that. Mm. What about um Alpine and McLaren? They had loads of big upgrades this weekend and uh, both had I mean, obviously my boy got ninth place, which is the best you could have really hoped for. Um but apart from that, it was pretty poor race um for both of them really. Not not a lot of uh, not a lot of stuff on offer. What do we think about their performances? I thought McLaren did all right. I mean Piastri was battling, you know, vomiting and everything. Um mm. the whole weekend, which kind of been fun. Uh Norris did what he does best in the McLaren, finished best of the rest. Alpine did what Alpine do, and they just shoot themselves in the foot because mm. they can't build anything that lasts two minutes. Is the common denominator here or Otmar? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Is the common denominator denominator? No, Otmar. I think the common denominator is Enstone, to be honest. <laughs> They've not really produced a, a, a reliable car since probably, what, 2010? Something mm-hmm. like that. I try to think the last time they actually were had a had a reliable car that was fast. Yeah, maybe twenty twelve. I think that maybe that was it. That year, Roy Kubica was racing for them. Jeez. That was, uh, was two thousand ten. Yeah, he was yeah. really good that year, actually. Yeah, that's. I just um, don't remember them being particularly good in a very long time. But like, it, it, a lot of reliability issues. Ocon, Ocon did well in holding out, but that was a strategy error. But they. They were holding. It wasn't a strategy area. It was a strategy gamble. Um, it was a hail mary. Yeah, which didn't, um, didn't work. But it should have worked. That that should have worked. And I can understand why they were. You know, and, and um, based on history and based on history of Baku, that should have worked absolutely. Yeah. It's almost a slam dunk strategy to to work in Baku, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Magnussen was out there as well doing the same strategy. Um, and I don't, yeah. Hulkenberg, sorry. And I don't think it was wrong at all, at all. Well, that's I all think... they could do. Starting in the back from the yeah. pits, that's all they could do, realistically. Yeah. Um, it got it them into the worked. points. And if there'd been a red, if there'd been a red flag mid-race, they'd have swapped to the mediums and, yeah. and potentially held on till the end. So yeah, it could have worked, but it Might is always a game from that, like going forward. Mm. Yeah. Um, right. Should we talk about pit race? <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe we've been on this podcast for like forty-five minutes and we haven't mentioned the uh, the the pit well, lane. Sort of, yeah, debacle. Debacle. Yeah. I mean, I've I, got I, very. We, we we were chatting on the old uh, grid talk chat there, 
Mm-hmm. And I think I've got very different opinions to you, Tom. Well, look, at the end of the day, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, they shouldn't have put the barriers out when they did when the when the thing was. Still I think we alive. can all agree on that. Um, but, what, but they do this. They do that every race, and uh, you know they must make it right. Plot. They said no. They must. Sorry, it doesn't make it right, and I agree. They must do that every race. They said they. They tried to sort of hide it. Oh, they went out early. I don't think they do because there is no way they get all those barriers out and the press there by the time the race finishes without doing it during the race. So they need to rechange this idea. They need to either make Park Ferme bigger, make the idea of where Park Ferme go, you know, seep into another garage or whatever. They need to either create a secondary barrier space for where the press can be or not have the press there at all to look at cars that have just finished and not in you know one two and three um it's it's it i don't know how the what the answer is but they need the to difficulty was the the ocon was the last car on track that hadn't been lapped or one of the last cars on track that hadn't been lapped so as a result verstappen was coming round two turns from the end of the race Perez. and um sorry yeah Perez. verstappen was as well he was just behind <laughs> Perez. but so the red bulls were coming round for the last couple of corners to win the race and ocon was entering the pit lane but he was just starting his last mean, lap. Hang on, that still means they have another lap. You know, a cool. He was down just. Lap. That's what I mean. He was just starting his last lap. Yeah. So, but, so when they crossed but, the line, when they crossed the line, when the first yeah. car crosses the line, in theory, once that first car crosses the line, nobody is going to come into pits until that first car goes back round, because that then means everyone is on their final lap as soon as he crosses the line. That so then should he, have been where that line is. Then, isn't yeah, it? It should, they they shouldn't have they shouldn't have opened those barriers until Verstappen crossed the line or Perez or whichever one was first. Until the first driver crosses the line, that's when they can they can do it because if if people have been lapped by that point. They can't come into the pits because they're on their final lap anyway, and they've got to cross the line. So there's no point coming into pits. So at that point, you can you can do that. You can say you can open up there because he's now crossed the line to win the race. Everyone else is on their final lap, but it can't be before that because what happened there? Ocon came in on his last lap or at the start of his last lap, and Verstappen and Perez were coming around the last corner to win the race. So that that was the problem for me. But I, I know where you're getting at with the difference, difference of opinion, because I don't think Ocon is completely blameless, and you probably do. I do. I think Ocon is completely blameless. There is no reason why he should have slowed down. He was slowed down to the pit limiter. He was not fined. If he was speeding in the pits, I could understand it. You, for, you to say, for you to say that he was in the wrong suggests that the pit limiter needs to go down to a level where he will lesser injure, such as 30 mile an hour instead of 30 kilometers an hour to 50 or whatever the limit, 80 kilometers at the moment, down to 50. That's what you would be saying because there are people in the pits and why would, why is a photographer's life more important than a, a, um, a mechanic's life? Bearing in mind the mechanics are actually doing a job and are more distracted than the photographer, which aren't actually doing the job at that precise second in time. So you saying that they should be, Archon is blameless. He should not have broken. They got out of the way. I think the onboard looks worse than the actual above shots. If you see the one from the distance, they move quite quickly. They're out of the way. 
Um, they're, they're, they're not even close. They're well over to the barrier by the point of him actually passing anyone. That doesn't feel like he's clipping anyone or anywhere near. He That comes in on that entrance as well. It's a very blind entrance because they have that little zigzag before chicane, if you want to call it that, um, before they enter the pits. And it, he had not much choice. He was braking. He was slowing. He was in the pit limiter. He did nothing wrong. Right, so my Why point... Should... Why my, should he slow down? My my point was, um, yes, he he was at the pit limiter. But if I have a flesh and blood human being standing in the fast lane, which a mechanic will never be doing because they're trained and they know what they're doing, if there's flesh and blood standing in the fast lane, you stop. You don't keep going at seventy miles an hour. If you're driving on a motorway and someone is standing on someone standing there, you're going to break, aren't you? I don't see what the, the race. It was the, the race was done. He'd 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 tried this hail mary strategy. It didn't work. He had to fill the regulations by How coming into the pits. How do you know he pits. didn't break? How but do you know he didn't break? Because we saw it on the onboard. Because he was he was down to the limiter and he just kept going and he didn't slow down beyond the, that point. Yes, he was going the the pit lane limiter and obviously they shouldn't have been there. That is com- that is not his fault that those people are there. I just thought that given there was absolutely nothing to play for, and there, there is. was no, there isn't because because he was on the last lap. He was holding out for a for a, a freak strategy to happen. It didn't work. He had to satisfy the regulations by coming to the pits. Oh well, we gave it a try. I'm now going to be last on track. Okay, never mind. Coming to the pits. What was the problem in just you know? What? Oh crap! There's people ahead of me. I better slow down a bit more just to make sure. That they don't, because what was happening was photographers were going into the fast lane, seeing the car, then going out of the fast lane. But other photographers were still flooding in, and they were like they they were stepping out into the fast lane once the other ones were going out of the way. And that was the problem that it was a completely unreadable situation. He had no idea what was going on there. He should have dropped to a crawl like when they do when they come to the grid and just worked his way through, and then argued it out afterwards and said, "Look, I've lost loads of time in the pits because of your problem. Not that it would have made any difference in the long run, but my issue was that he." He just kept going on the limiter when he was inches away from people that weren't trained to be where they were. Not his fault, but he should have slowed down. That was my problem. I think you've on, both uh... raised like good, important points. I mean, like you say, Tom, if, you, if someone's in the road, then surely you, you just stop. I think Ocon lifted a little bit. I don't, I don't really know what, bit. Yeah. what more he can do there. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he could have jammed the, on the, the brakes. The, I think the, that could have caused even if, more problems. Yeah, the what if is you know if he jammed on the brakes, locked up, and lost control, or if one of the people there fell over, you know he he, he hasn't broken enough. You know, first yeah, if, point of order is they should never have been there, and that is the last point because they just mm-hmm. shouldn't be there. It's, it's mm. uh, they, I was listening to the race podcast this morning, and they were saying maybe. They should be held in the garage in the in the Park Ferme garage where they weigh the drivers and everything until the last car has crossed the finish line and taken the checkered flag because mm. they can still get to where they need to be. It's just right there. They're just mm. wanting to be there waiting and prepared yeah. and stuff. So it's it was just a really badly organised job by the people in charge there of that bit by the FIA. Which should we be surprised? The other thing you could do, which I don't so think boring you, though, isn't it? You shouldn't FIA. have to. You shouldn't have to do this. But what you could do is say, as soon as the the winner of the race crosses the finish line, the pit lane is closed. 
You could say that, because then that'll stop people coming in at the end, because it still wouldn't have made a change for what happened on Sunday, because Ocon still would have come in, because he was ahead of that last driver. But then you could say, categorically, once the, once the chequered flag has been flown, that barrier comes across, and you have to go round and finish that last lap. You can't come in and retire on the last lap. If not, you stop on track. And it doesn't matter if you stop on track, because the race is already finished anyway. Yeah. So maybe you shouldn't have to do that, but maybe that's a way to guarantee that you're never going to have this situation happen again. Yeah, it's almost as soon as that final, well, you know, it, yeah. I say never happened again. It still would have happened in that situation because yeah. because the uh, they, 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 they let them on track it. while the race was still going on. So, well, I am intrigued about is who did it? Who, and I'd love to know what the FIA are saying. <laughs> Give us but, names. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, but is it is it the local security firm? The lettuce on the thinking FIA. it was the race. I, I, I did hear this on that, uh, who on got a, the call in? Well, you've got these FIA stewards, not not the not these stewards, but people stewarding is what I mean in like marshals, effectively. Um, but employed by the FIA that deal with the park Ferme and open up the barriers for the press to come on track. And apparently, are they locals? They, no, no, no. They, they, well, they they work for the FIA. The so whether they're contracted to the FIA, well, that's the problem. I don't yeah, know. Anyway. But these are people that work for the FIA. And they were they were the ones that opened up the barriers because apparently there was um, uh, I can't I I wish I could remember which podcast it was I think it may have been um, the strategy report not strategy report uh, box of neutrals with Michael Amanato uh, I think he said that one of the broadcasters um, might have been Sky might have been F1 TV was he was standing at a barrier that a marshal opened up and they had to say to them, no, yeah, you can't, Ted, Ted, you can't Ted open said that this. barrier yet. Oh, was it Ted? You can't open that Ted, barrier Ted, yet. Ted reminded security at their barrier because okay. they, the they were at the barrier further on mm. by Red Bull. There was two entrances, like the yeah. mechanics entrance or something he was saying. So when you've got the broadcaster and... telling the FIA that they can't open the barrier he for said it was reasons. security. He said that was security. Okay. Um, and that's the thing. Who is putting that call in? Yeah. Is it going from the FIA down to a head of ops and a security firm that's a local firm that's really not too sure what the rules are and regs? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And are just taking, did the FIA put that call in early? Did someone in the ops go, oh, that's the final corner, grand, let's all go? Like, they those park Fermo barriers are there so early. You can actually mm. see them a lot earlier than they appear. They're, they're not thrown out. You know, people must be walking around that pit throwing out those park Fermo barriers halfway through the race. Um, <laughs> Probably not halfway through the race, but yeah. Well, watch it. Watch it happen because they must be there a good a good whiling before the race. They were there um, when Hulkenberg pitted, which I think was the lap before. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there are people walking around the pits that you know, might not be the the team that know exactly what they're doing. As long as they don't go beyond the the garage demarcation, then that's I'm not massively against that. Unless, of course, George Russell's entering the pits. But this time. is the this is, watch out. Of, <laughs> this is slightly the problem is that which was completely legal, by the way. You know, no, no, no you can you can, if there's space, you can race in the pit lane. It yeah. is part of the racetrack. Um, so many drivers will do well to remember that if there's space, you can race. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Max. But George. What, what is the madness? Uh, they, they, I think they need to rethink the Park Ferme, the winners. Why don't they just do Park Ferme straight on the track, uh, you know, of their own selves or something? They do because sometimes the, for the winners, don't they? The top three, they yeah, do sometimes do it. Like, 
They have the, some stuff on the grid on uh, qualifying, don't they? Or, you know, or do something sensible where everyone then has to go through the pits because what they're doing is they bring, they weirdly do it really backwards because they put the race cars in where in the garage lane and then the pedestrians in the middle of the road, the racetrack. And they do this every time, like nearly every time. It seems to be this running thing. And I just like, why is that? That doesn't seem safe anyway. Why? Why? How, what suddenly changes that from being safe to not safe? You know, I I don't quite get that. And and sorry, a slip of the foot is not going to stop those barriers. Those barriers are not going to stop help a photographer when they fly forward. You know, or something happens, yeah. or an engine happens. There needs to be a bit more protection around the safety of a car. You know. Well, I guess that kind of runs nicely on to the next question, which is... Um, Who's our dick of the day? Are we all agreed it's the FIA? Yeah, boring. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no? Okay, go on, Aaron. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, DeVries. <laughs> he, wasn't he was a dick. Shit. Shit. He wasn't shit. a dick. That's, my That's not a dick move. That's no. a shit move. Yeah, he was, he was, a, he was dick of the day because he was... He, he was the worst driver on track because he crashed. It was the most silly little crash as well. So, I mean, he's a, um, four, he's a world champion, for Christ's well, sake. He's a <laughs> shit driver. He's a- Let's Just because you... I could win in dr- driving a fucking go-kart round. Not that it would happen. That does not mean I can drive a Formula One car. You know, like... Yeah, he's still shit. Um, I my dick of the day. More. My dick of the day. Uh, it's hard because it's dick of the day and not dick of the weekend. My dick of the weekend would be Verstappen or Horner. Horner. Horner's got a big chance of being dick of the day there for his uh, Perez. Now, Horner's dick of the decade for me. <laughs> dick of the millennium. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that's the. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but it probably is the FIA again. Boringly, stewarding. Yeah, again. shame again. Boring. Alonso. Yeah, I mean, he, he was working through some problems, wasn't he? He had the DRS issue. I mean, that the was more... DRS issue. Certainly over but, the no, weekend. Also, also played, played a great race, did some great overtakes. You know, like the... The bits of exciting racing that we did get, Alonso was involved in them. If you're not going you know, for Perez because he's in the best car, then he's a good shout, Alonso, definitely. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, Aaron? I, I, Perez is great. Like I have a love-hate relationship with Fernando Alonso. Yeah, so do I. He, so just he does things. <laughs> he does things that. <laughs> he does things. I'm like, happy yes, her next uh, record, next record. <laughs> <laughs> he does things that make me really, really. Uh, frustrated with him but then he is such a fantastic driver so uh yeah, yeah if you're not going to go for Perez then yeah I think Alonso is a fair shout uh but mine mine goes for Perez because you know he simply outdrove Max Verstappen and you don't get to say that very often yeah um I think Charles Leclerc definitely needs a shout as well because two qualifying sessions two pole positions i know one is only technically a pole but 
and then like he had nothing. There was nothing more he could do. It's the loneliest race in history. You said in the in the in the cool down room, but to fight the way he did to get into that. Well, position, was that when he was sat in in the middle just... chair, and then he went on to the second podium place? Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah, but he was just so. <laughs> so much faster than this teammate as well and Carlos Sainz is no slouch so I think I, for me it's Perez I said it on grid talk and I and I, I reiterate it but I, I think Perez and Alonso get, definitely get shouts um so I'll um not you mean, Perez, you mean Leclerc uh, and Alonso so if you're gonna if you're gonna say Alonso Carl then I'll say Leclerc and that one, <laughs> we've, we've we've mentioned all top three there so yeah um honorable mention for Logan Sargent as well <laughs> and 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 to be honest, and Norris because they both did well this weekend. It's Large and Sojin, isn't it? Sojin and Albon. Albon did a flying weekend. I got nothing feel, for it. I feel yeah. so gutted for him. Yeah, he did a great weekend. He did do well. He did do well. He's been on form this season, Albon. He's done really, really well. <laughs> As I just slightly adjust my driver ratings for Alex Albon because <laughs> I forgot how good a race he had. Alex Albon was brilliant as we like he should not have been where he was at he all have, he didn't have a great Australia according to my driver rating he didn't have a great Australia because he crashed yeah yeah and again he, he didn't do amazing in Saudi Arabia but he did alright Bahrain was good but, oh the uh, cats are back yeah because I, I left the, I left the door open because they were crying outside so mm. yeah got, welcome back to the podcast Leo <laughs> I even got Max behind me there we go Cool. Right. I won't bother doing the stand-ins because we've kind of run a little bit long, so I think we'll probably end there. But yeah. thank you very much, Aaron, for coming on. Do you want to do, thank a, little, you. do a little plug for, for your ventures? Uh, so you can find me at uh, on, well, on YouTube, AHGP, uh, AHGP Pod on Twitter. I do a variety of sort of mini podcasts. I go live after every race. Well, it's called Instant Reaction. Sometimes it's like a day late. Um, so it's not, <laughs> not so instant. Sometimes it's not instant. Not so instant reaction. <laughs> I, when, it, when it was a daylight, I did put not so instant in the title, but that, yeah. that was what it was. Um, yeah, various videos uh, that I get out Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, predictions, stuff like that. Just, you know, come and say hello. Cool. And thanks for joining us as Thank well. You for we, we, we want no to try and get more people on thanks this, this podcast this year and have a, have a few more pay drivers on. And uh, thank you for for doing that. We appreciate Where do I rank it. on the level of pay driverness? Oh, I think you're you're a solid stroll right now. You're, <laughs> nice. You're you're nice. you're above you're above Joe, and uh, and you're you're kind of at stroll level. Uh, I haven't so, yeah. reached like Pedro Diniz levels of elite. Not quite. Pay not quite no. no. <laughs> We're saving that for when Bez comes back on after the Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. On that note, we've got Miami. Later. We'll see you on the ninth. See you later. See you later. Bye. How's your mango jizz coming on? Mango jizz! <laughs>